Ephesians 4, 15 through 17. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and teachers to equip the saints for the work of the ministry, for the building up of the body of Christ until we all attain to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness in deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. No one ever has a problem with the phrase, speaking the truth in love. It sounds amazing on paper, but in living color, real life, it's not quite as popular. Today we are tackling a clear biblical teaching that isn't as clear in practical application as we all wish it would be. Speaking the truth in love. Welcome to the Doxa Dialogue, a podcast about living life on mission for the glory of God. My name is David Rudy. I'm the pastor of Doxa Church and your host here at the Doxa Dialogue. Have a couple friends at the table with me today. First of all, Amanda. Hello, hello. Welcome back, Amanda and Blake. Blake Wright. Hi, everyone. Yes. It has been a while since I feel like we've had the full table, the full mm-hmm. round table. Yeah. So. Well, this is a mix-up. I don't usually get to do it with Blake, yeah, so I'm excited. This is the first time with Amanda. Yeah. This is the first. <laughs> Great. Good stuff. How was spring break? How's, how's life been for everybody? It was good for us. We did a little bit of traveling, saw some family, and so that, that was good. We, we had a good time. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah, you got you to gotta get out there a little bit and see mm-hmm. some family on spring break when you can get away. Yeah. How about you, Blake? Yeah, I... I didn't really get a spring break. <laughs> I haven't really had one of those in about eight years. Um, but I went to work as usual and did some yard work. The backbone of America. Yeah. Yep, yep. I, I dug some trenches in my yard and oh, maybe pulled yeah. a, m- a couple of muscles in my back. But, yep. you know, I'm still here, still standing. So. I'm sore. I did a lot of lawn work today as well. Did all that mulch. Mm-hmm. Amanda over here is always the, the go-getter, <laughs> over, overachiever. You had yours, like, done before anybody else even yeah, was like, yeah. Yeah. Before they order their mulch, right? Oh, as soon like, as it gets warm, I'm out there. <laughs> well, I think you're hired then. <laughs> <laughs> yes. I hope everyone is doing well, enjoying the spring weather. You know, maybe you're even out there enjoying the sunshine and mm-hmm. getting some lawn work in. Yeah. Today, we have a great topic. And this this is a topic that, you know, I've wanted to do for a while. It's such an important almost overlooked issue you know Mm -hmm. we like i i talked about in the intro there like of course we love the phrase i mean who doesn't like the sounds of speaking the truth in love that sounds Mm -hmm. so appealing Mm -hmm. that's appetizing to anyone but when push comes to shove it can get a little hairy like to to just stick your neck out there Mm -hmm. and do it sometimes so i think this conversation is going to be great We'll start with Blake. He's going to give us some definitions and really just lay the groundwork, and then we'll gradually work more and more application into your life. When we hear the phrase, speaking the truth in love, you know, it's in church, you hear that a good bit, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've been, if you grew up in church, you've, you've heard that phrase probably. 
but a lot of people don't really know exactly what it means. Mm -hmm. And so I've been hearing this phrase a a lot more um, as I've been pursuing a certification in biblical counseling. And so we, we hear, we talk about this in just about every lecture (laughs) for that. So you're very um, well versed in this then. I'm not quite there yet, but I'm, (laughs) I'm getting there. Uh, yeah. Better than the average yeah, church yeah. mayor, <laughs> maybe. <laughs> so, so we hear this phrase all the time. But what does the phrase mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so, I'm going to borrow um, a, a lady named Susan Heck. She's a um, certified biblical counselor with ACBC, and she says this: "Speaking the truth in love is speaking that which is doctrinally correct, and that which proceeds from a biblically committed life to a person who is in need of correction." It is yeah. done in love for the benefit of of the one who needs some adjustment adjustment in their attitudes or their actions. So yeah. I thought that was a good, mm-hmm. concise definition of what speaking the truth in love actually is biblically. That's good. Hey, do you mind telling everybody what ACBC stands yeah, for? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, no it it stands for the Association of Certified Biblical Counselors. Mm-hmm. There you go. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's a that's a really good resource, by the way. If you ever want to go check that out, they have a lot of good resources. Hmm. They have counselors and stuff listed in the area and all that's that. Awesome. So perfect. So I want to take this definition and break it up into four parts. So the first thing is speaking the truth in love must be doctrinally correct. You cannot speak the truth to someone without knowing the truth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, we must know a theological truth before we can speak a theological truth mm-hmm. to someone else. So it's important to know our Bibles, and this this doesn't mean that we that we need to be perfectly versed in the Bible, that we need to know everything about <laughs> everything before we ever speak any truth into someone's life. Right. But it does mean that we ought to be reading our Bibles, we ought to be renewing our minds mm-hmm. in the Word of God and prayer often, if not daily, mm-hmm. um, so that we can be ready when our brother or sister in Christ is in need of some truth in their life because mm-hmm. that yeah. will happen a lot in the church. It's like the more you're in the truth and aware of what's going on, you see a lot more untruth out there, yeah. y- you yes. know? like And, of course, I know we're going to get into this. We don't just jump on every single mm-hmm. – I mean, yeah. we could be spending our whole lives correcting the <laughs> truth oh, yes. if, if we were doing that. But you're right. Like A lot of people don't even really go to this, and they're not really obeying this because – Simply, they're just not really focused on the truth in in, in the world around them. Mm-hmm. You know? Absolutely. Um, and so uh, I just pulled up Acts 17, 11 for this and just kind of some encouragement here that we kind of be like the Bereans. Um, now, the Berean Jews were of more noble character than those in Thessalonica, for they received the message with great eagerness and examined the scriptures every day to see, what, see if what Paul said was true. So we need to be searching the scriptures we need to figure out what the truth is right before we can speak the truth in the summer's life so that's the first part of the definition the second part is this the person telling the truth must be living a biblically committed life themselves mm-hmm. uh, and that's that's i that's think one of the biggest things with this with speaking the truth in love is oftentimes we will speak the truth to someone but we're not actually living up to biblical standards ourselves. Mm-hmm. We can get ourselves in a lot of trouble <laughs> doing oh, yeah. this. Well, and that's where people see a lot of the hypocrisy in the church. Mm, you know, yes. I, I think that stems from it a lot. I'm going to shout the truth to everybody else, but I'm not going to live it myself. Right. Yeah. yeah. 
Yeah, so in other words, you have to take the log out of your own eye mm-hmm. before you take the speck out of your brother or sister's mm-hmm. eye. Um, I think we've probably all made this mistake before. I know I for sure have. Oh, yeah. um, mm-hmm. Where, you know, I get really, really high strung about this theologically correct <laughs> position here. And I'm like, no, you're wrong. And then I'm mm-hmm. like, oh, wait, I got this sin over here. I'm <laughs> Sometimes you even get called out for your own sin yes. by the other person. And that, that yeah. really puts you in an awkward situation. Yeah. Um, and I'm going to talk a little bit about that too, specifically, mm-hmm. because. Yeah. A lot of times when you go into this, people are going to naturally be defensive. Yes. So mm-hmm. you almost have to, before you'd ever do this, you know, think through like, hey, you know, evaluate yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. don't just look at others. Like, let's bring yeah. this inward first before I even really consider going to that person. Maybe I need to get something right. Maybe I could even, and then it might even allow you to start the conversation in a completely different way. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Off yeah. on a different foot. And then you work around it, kind of backdoor it in. But, mm-hmm. Yeah, Absolutely. So Matthew 7, 4 through 5 says, How can you say to your brother, let me take the speck out of your eye Mm -hmm. while there is still a beam in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the beam out of your own eye and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. Mm. So the third, third point here is this. The truth should be spoken to a person who needs to be corrected. Mm. We should be, we should be seeking the Lord in prayer before, during, and after um, we try to correct a fellow believer. We need to be sure that we are correct before we try and speak the truth and love to someone. Mm-hmm. This is something I'm learning um, through biblical counseling studies. You have to put in hard work in order to give someone else counsel. Mm-hmm. It is a very delicate process because you do not want to lead someone down the wrong path. True. And Second Timothy three sixteen through seventeen says, "All Scripture is breathed out by God and profitable for teaching, for reproof, for correction, and for training in righteousness, that the man of God may be complete, equipped for every good work." And then the last, the last little point here is this: in order for us to be speaking the truth in love, we have to make sure our motives are out of love for the person needing correction. The truth that we speak needs to be for the benefit of the other person and for the building up of the church. I've often wanted to speak truth to someone out of a desire to be right, Mm -hmm. but that is the wrong desire. It's Mm -hmm. a prideful and a sinful desire. We cannot correct someone in a sinful way. This would be harmful to ourselves and the person in need of corrections. That is so, so good. We're going to talk more about that one. I mean, because we, that's, that's really the heart of this. It's like, Mm -hmm. where is your motivation? Yeah. If your motivation is just like, I got to correct error and mm-hmm. I got to show them that they're wrong and I'm right and I'm defending yeah. my position yep. and I get on this yeah. hill, it never goes the way we want it to go. It's not restorative. It's not, yeah. it's not, it's like a Facebook argument. Them. Yeah. It doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Right. Yep. No doubt. I've been in those. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah. But Philippians 2, 3 says, Do nothing from selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility count others more significant than ourselves. So really, mm. the bottom line is this. Uh, we speak the truth in love because we love others. That is that is the whole purpose of this. The truth is meant to set someone free mm. to yeah. live for Christ. And this uh, this shouldn't be you know, a bad thing in society. It shouldn't be a bad thing in the church. We should be willing and to to love someone where we would correct them but doing it out of a a completely 
unselfish motivation Mm -hmm. where we really do love the person yeah and we really want to help them and they're gonna see that too and that's that's what makes this successful when when they see that you love them and you're doing it out of love it makes all the difference Mm -hmm. absolutely So we seem to live in a world today of extremes. We've got pendulum swings from one side to the other with no room for a middle ground. Um, And I feel like this happens a lot with truth and love. We seem to have this split of truth or love. Hmm. Various forms of so-called truth are blared at us from news stations and social media platforms, even sometimes from pulpits and our own friends and family. Um, Juxtaposed to these harsh truths, we have the culture of love. Self-love, self-care, show tolerance, be kind. Um, Truth and love don't often go hand-in-hand in in our society. Yeah, very true. If the truth is a lie and the love is only self-centered, then neither one can be true. You know, neither one is actually love. Um, And they certainly can't change lives for the better. And so as Christians living in a world where we are being forced to choose a side, it feels almost impossible. How do we choose between the truth of the gospel or the love of the gospel? Um, the biblical truth might hurt, it might cause tension, it might cause us to be mocked or ridiculed, but speaking on the, the love leaves people feeling good for a little bit of time, but still confused and without real answers or direction. Just as with every dilemma for a Christ follower, the answer is Jesus. Amen. Um, I mean, it's just, yes. it always comes back to that, right? <laughs> exactly. You know, and, and how did he model speaking the truth in love? Um, because that's exactly what his earthly ministry was about presenting us with the truth that we are dead in our sins, but also the sacrificial love of the cross that brings us new life. Um, And I'm sure if you've gone to church for any amount of time, you've heard the story of the woman at the well found in John 4. Um, But it's a story that I really love. It's near and dear to me. Um, I relate with this woman so much. She came to the well and Jesus was there and Jesus called her out in her sin. You know, Mm -hmm. he told her he knew she had five husbands and the man she was with now was not her husband. Um, She really longed for real love and she was desperate for it. And Jesus saw her. He Mm. saw her heart and he spoke truth into her life. Mm -hmm. He knew about her sins. He addressed them plainly, but without condemnation. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she had some snappy lines there. She did. too. Mm -hmm. She really, really did. And he... He knew what he needed to say to her. Yep. And he, was, he wasn't he was afraid, obviously, yep. just to go there. Exactly. You know, he saw past her, her poor choices and her mistakes. Great past, example yeah. of, like, directing the conversation. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Like, he wasn't, he wasn't reacting. He didn't just throw it out there, offer it up, yep. and then just start reacting back to her reactions. Yeah. He knew, like, there was going to yeah. be some defensiveness at the beginning, yep. and he just took it where yeah. it needed to go. He came with a plan. And I think that's really important when we're doing this is we need to come with a plan, not just kind of fly off the handle, you know. Totally. Well, like you said, there's going to be some pushback. People don't want to hear that they're wrong. That's never a fun, Mm -hmm. you know, never a fun thing to hear. Mm -hmm. Um, So we have to be ready, you know, like I said, to redirect that conversation. Um, And like you were saying, Blake, Jesus spoke the truth in love to her because he loved her. You know, I mean, that's the main thing. We can only speak the truth in love if we can see somebody as Jesus sees them. You know, if we can see past their actions um, to the reasoning behind them. People will push for tolerance and acceptance because they so desperately want to feel loved and accepted themselves. 
Mm-hmm. Um, people want answers to the hate and violence in the world, and they want to believe that taking away certain tools or canceling certain speech will eradicate it. But it's a heart problem. People in America are more depressed and anxious than any other generation before us, and they want to believe the answer is focusing on loving yourself first. Um, we're actually reading a book in our ladies' Bible study right now, um, You're Not Enough and That's Okay, by Allie Beth Stuckey, and she's talking about how self can't be both the problem and the solution. And hmm. I thought that was such a good point to take away from that. You yeah. know, if you're if you're self-deprecating, but then the <laughs> truth, then you're supposed to have self-love. It's just this never-ending cycle of you can't ever do that, you know. Right. Such a right. good point. But, you know, for every choice a person makes, there's a reason behind it that goes deeper than what we can see. And I think it's super important when we're, you know, trying to speak the truth and love to someone that we have to to pray over the conversation. We have to pray for the Holy Spirit to open our eyes to see the heart behind the hate, you know, to see the hurt that's buried deep beneath the surface. In order to effectively spread the truth to the lost in our lives, we have to be able to love them the way Christ does. Like you were saying, Blake, I mean, mm-hmm. it has to be out of love. Mm-hmm. Um it's so easy sometimes to look at someone whose values are so opposite of ours and write them off as a lost cause. Um, with all the new labels we have now, you know, we got conservatives and liberals, <laughs> you got anti-vaxxers and gender fluid, yeah. Democrat, Republican, woke. I mean, there's so, I mean, literally the list like goes I mean, on the on. battle so is many. literally to, to uh, split everybody up. Absolutely. And, mm, find your identity and then like all oh, these people are against your identity it's like it's yep. the it's the opposite of like shooting for unity like they're shooting yep. for division so yeah just just being aware of that is going to be key Absolutely. to not fall into the I trap i mean it's so easy to look at a person as their label you know and even sometimes use it as a reason to hate them it's just so much easier to just say oh well they don't believe the same thing they're x and just write it off mm-hmm. you know yeah um there's so much division in our society today. Sometimes we'll feel like we'll never be able to be one nation under God, indivisible with liberty and justice for all again. But then the Spirit will speak to me and realign me with the truth um, that we are not living to bring a nation together, but to help usher people into the kingdom of God. Yeah, amen. Our goal in this life is, is not about healing the nation as much as it's about healing the hearts of the people. And that might mean turning off the news, stepping back from social media, Mm -hmm. you know, and praying for God to remove the lies of our culture and replace them with a love for the lost. Have those one-on-one conversations with people. Like, I think that's the most important thing. That's going to be so much more effective. Even people that disagree with you, just have them over for dinner and at sitting at a table, like making eye contact, like you see it's another human, like that is is infinitely more effective than than anything else. That, you know, and, and we on. just had that over spring break. We were up at my grandparents' house, and one of my mom's friends came over, and she has very opposing views on politics than mm-hmm. we do. But, I mean, it didn't matter. I mm-hmm. mean, you know, yeah. it, they were we were there. We were all talking, having a good time. Like, And that's the point. I mean, we're, we're all, like you said, we're all human beings. We're all people. Like, mm-hmm. If you go and just splatter that label or label that person and write them off, and you you forget about all. I mean, we could laugh and have a good time, and it didn't even matter. You know that politics didn't matter. Yeah. You know now more than ever, we really need to focus on pushing back the lies of Satan with the truth of God's word, and mm-hmm. that starts with a heart overflowing with God's love.
Mm-hmm. A lot of times the individual people are just swept up and they don't yep. even know. They don't exactly. even know how they've been manipulated. Yep. So to to not just fight that big battle, but just remember, or, you know, we're fighting that battle of, of truth and error in a sense of spiritual warfare for right. sure. But like where that is waged is just individually exactly. like helping people see what what yeah. you see like it's mm-hmm. it's not going to be like a shouting match it's going to work yeah. like you were just talking yep. about i think we also have to remember that the holy spirit is the counselor the holy yes. spirit is the distributor of truth mm-hmm. and so we we don't need to get defensive if someone mm-hmm. doesn't believe what we're saying or doesn't right. take the correction mm-hmm. um well because ultimately the holy spirit is the holy spirit's job to get that truth into that person's yes. heart. It is not yeah. our jobs to do that. We are just called to speak the truth in love. And then we just leave it at that and let yeah. the Holy Spirit do his job. So mm-hmm. good. Like when you share the truth of God's word, you are literally sprinkling in the seeds mm-hmm. of truth that the yeah. Holy Spirit will yeah. use. Yeah. And like we've been talking about in Second Corinthians, like the reality is people who don't know the Lord, they don't have the Holy Spirit. They yeah. have a veil. They right. have a veil over their heart. So we have to know... We have to expect that to be the case too. Like, but yeah, you're right. Like, I love that. Just your job is just to share share God's word, share the truth, and leave the rest up to the Spirit. Mm-hmm. It's a great, great approach. All right. So for my posture on this topic, you already covered so much amanda blake this is this has just been a great conversation mm-hmm. i wanted to focus on two practical elements of this first of all why we don't do it like let's just all personalize it i have three <laughs> reasons uh and I'm, I'm gonna i'll just run through these reasons then we'll kind of break them down but number one and, and if you guys have any other ones please please do like this is just a list i made up you know this afternoon but <laughs> Why we don't speak the truth in love. We're afraid of conflict mm. is one of the reasons. It's yes. a big one. Secondly, apathy. You you may not yes. love the person as, as much as you think you do. You just don't mm-hmm. really care enough to, to go there. Number three, you don't think you're the person. It's It needs to yes. be someone else. And that could be actually a good reason. You know what? You're not the right person mm-hmm. for that. Somebody else who's yeah. much closer to them. And maybe maybe you could even... See if that other person that you think mm-hmm. would be more appropriate could be a person who could say something. Or, it, you know, it, it, might, it might legitimately be also like a bad view of yourself and, and you, you are looking down on yourself. Maybe mm-hmm. you have guilt that you're dealing with and you don't think that you're equipped for something that you really are. But those are the three, three reasons I think we don't do it. What happens when we don't? If, if we never go around and we never actually approach someone with truth and love, what are the effects of that? Well, number one, problems rarely ever get better. Yep. Doing nothing is not going to usually magically solve the problem. <laughs> usually those problems will gradually get worse. So in one sense, it, it is a lot easier if, you're, if you want that. It's a lot easier to have the conversation much earlier. Secondly, if you don't do anything, you are going to be putting yourself in a more difficult position. These kind of roll together, but not being honest with an employee, you know, it's going to put you in an awkward position on the road mm-hmm. because they're still not going to be performing and, and, and you haven't actually been able to literally like share what's going wrong, yeah. what's causing the frustration for yeah. you. It's, it's just awkward for everyone. And then thirdly, 
the individual isn't helped. And this is where yep. we're going back to what you were talking about, Blake. Like this is about loving the individual. Yeah. If we're ever doing this, the motivation has to be Jesus loves me. I love them. The spirit is prompting me to say something. And I feel like this could be helpful for them. Mm. You're doing it for them. In that alone, if we're if we're going at it like just to try to say something so they can move forward and take mm-hmm. a step forward. A lot of times these conversations aren't going to drag on and on. And if you really think about it if in the times in our own lives when we've confronted somebody or had a conversation, it's been more about like us mm-hmm. holding the line and like, yeah. you know, I got I to gotta correct this. Like that's when the conversation goes on too long. And the longer it goes mm-hmm. on, the more things can get, go south. Yeah. Um, but we're, if we're just trying to help them, we present it. We're not going to be talking about ourselves very long. That's like, um, I can't remember. We long time ago when we lived in Virginia, we watched a clip and it's, you might've seen it. I think it's the, the magician, he's an atheist. And he was talking about how, basically talking about if, if you're a Christian, like how much do you have to hate someone to know that they're going to hell oh, right. yeah, and, yeah, and not tell them, you know, he's like, yeah. basically it's like seeing oh, somebody yeah. walk in front of a train and not being willing to push them out of the way, you know, and, and, and yeah. it's just coming from an atheist. I mean, you know, that how much of a, you know, wake up call should that be for Christians? Like how much do you have to hate yeah. your neighbor, you, you know, to not tell them about Jesus? Absolutely. So I'll just go through these a little bit more in depth. Why don't we? So you're afraid of conflict. Or we could say you just don't like conflict. But conflict is a part of life. It always has been. It always will be. And how we manage it is super important. There are ways to engage in a conversation that don't end with hurting the other person. And just to be super practical, I mean, I'm not saying anything that's revolutionary here, but asking questions instead of just coming in and making declarative yeah. statements, asking them a question that gets them mm-hmm. thinking about mm-hmm. it. They're like they, they put it in their own words. Let them know why you're saying something. Like that is always, if, if you ask a question and they make a, make a comment, that's usually a great time to come in. Like, hey, this is what I've noticed. And I just wanted you to know, like, I'm only saying this because mm-hmm. like, I, w- I want the best for you or something yeah. along those lines. You're setting them at ease. You're like really diffusing the situation by just emphasizing, and you always need to do this, why the conversation is being had in the first place. Don't be shy about it. So many people just avoid things like the plague, and they, and they, they just pretend that doing nothing will be fine, and, and they don't even realize that, man, a lot of, a lot of life is is having these kind of conversations. So why not actually have these these conversations spiritually as well? Mm-hmm. You can challenge the way people think and ask questions without being like confrontational in the sense mm-hmm. that we often think yeah. of a conversation going sour because it was a confrontational conversation. When people do go on the defensive, and I think you know you're going to notice they often do, they will reflectively a lot of times make it personal about you. And just almost expect that, you know, be on guard for that. A lot of times before you have these conversations and you plan ahead, like Blake mentioned, mm-hmm. you're always thinking, how is the, how are they going to receive it? Mm-hmm. Like, what's their response going to be? And like, how can I craft what I feel like I need mm-hmm. to say? And you say it and you, and you get out. It doesn't have to go on forever. So deflect and diffuse and just calmly make your point. 
Secondly, if you don't ever say anything, it's it might be the case that you don't really care to see change as much as you think you do. Mm-hmm. There are, of course, some things that just aren't worth the fight. And, you know, a couple scripture verses that come to mind here are let love cover a multitude of sins. You also have the, it's it's a different verse, different point, but it also is still fitting here. As much as possible, live peaceably with all men. You're not going to always yeah. be able to live peaceably with everybody. Sometimes they're not going to allow that yep. to happen. Sometimes it's going to be a situation where you let love cover it. And that's a whole, that can almost be a whole other podcast for, yes. for another day. Definitely. Like, when do we do that? But I think you can make a very solid case from Scripture. It's not that hard to see, like, the times when you would let love cover something is when that person knows they're wrong. Mm-hmm. You know, they that's it's not just a complete blind spot. It's not like egregiously hurting like multiple other people. Yeah. If it's something that's like literally really really hurting them and they're just lost like a to lifestyle it, choice yeah, thing, lifestyle right? choice yeah. thing. Like that's where this would come into play. Speaking the truth in love, mm-hmm. but if it's a, if it's like they made a mistake, they got mad once, right? You know, or or yeah. whatever they made it. You know what? They may, may have been having a bad day. I've had those yeah. bad yeah. days too. Yeah. Like I'm not gonna have to go in there every single time and correct every issue. Does that make Does that make sense? Yes, definitely. Yeah, I think too. With like, I think you mentioned not taking everything personally. Mm-hmm. Um, I think one way we do that is to actually really get to know people. So mm-hmm. you, you know, if someone says something back to you, uh, don't take it personally. Understand who that person is, like mm-hmm. understand what that person may be going through in their life. Yes. Um, that's just part of loving people is getting to know people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you're right. And sometimes before you ever say anything, it's going to be like, I'm going to get to know this person a little bit better yeah. mm-hmm. before mm-hmm. I do. Mm-hmm. And that might be the time where it's not, it's not you. You don't need to be the first person yeah. to come right. into play there. I think helping the individual, as I said, point three, many times the loving thing to do is speak the truth of the humble gracious, non-accusatory tone. Mm-hmm. And tone is really everything. Mm-hmm. I even can think of a time just recently where I came at a conversation and I did not have the right tone. I'm guilty of this. I think we've all been guilty of this in the past. Yeah. Um, I think a lot of uh, fights between spouses end up because somebody yeah. used the wrong tone. You know, that right. Yeah. That's definitely true. <laughs> yes. Yes. A hundred percent. It's not what you said. It's how you said it. <laughs> exactly. So that's, those are some of the reasons why we don't. Uh, but what happens if we never go there? If we just, if we're a Christian who's never really speaking yep. the truth into love in our relationships in our life? Well, things that start out small, just slightly off. There's like, mm. you know, it's slightly on the wrong, you know, it's 45 degrees. It's not going, not going 90 degrees the mm-hmm. way it needs to be. It's like over here a little bit. If it's never addressed over time, that can really turn into a destructive pattern mm-hmm. and yeah. bad habits often don't die easily. So if we think about it in our own lives, we can all kind of trace back like, yeah, I got into this, you know, I got into this mold and I didn't realize at the beginning, it didn't seem like it would be that big of a deal. But over time, here it is a few years later and it's blossomed. And this is like a legitimate problem now. Like that's the way these things are relationally too. It it just, it's just the same way. Like things can snowball and the longer it goes on, a lot of times the harder it is to actually address anything. Point number two was if you don't ever say anything, you're not really actually 
helping that person as much as maybe you think you are or loving that person as much as mm-hmm. you think they are. I've seen this like in the workplace, in the secular workplace, as well as even in the ministry and in different churches I've worked in over the years. Something happens. They're the authority in charge. They they don't like it, but they don't want to ruffle feathers. They don't want to offend the person. Want to keep that person happy. Mm-hmm. So they just assign them a different role, but they never actually go over anything anything that actually was at the heart mm-hmm. of the reassignment. It was just like, oh yeah, you can go over here and yeah. oh, we kind of solved the problem for now. But you know what? You really didn't solve the problem. You just threw some tape over it. You're going to just deal with it later on. Just reassign yeah. the problem. Yeah, you, what you did. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. I've, I've done way. this before <laughs> at my job. I manage a warehouse, and I've done this before where someone's underperforming, and I end up, <laughs> instead of being, instead of like getting through the conflict like that I need to get through, yep. I will just do, basically just kind of do the work <laughs> instead. <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm getting way better at that, but because I, can't do everything apparently we yeah. can even yeah. do this with our kids we can uh, even like yeah. i'll just clean it up because it's gonna be way faster uh, for me to yeah, clean it up than to like yeah. go through this process with them i mean i had this i had this in 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 a coffee shop like so i worked at a starbucks in greenville south carolina then i transferred my job to a starbucks in colorado and it was night and day difference from the greenville starbucks this is this is years ago now this person mm-hmm. is not yeah, yeah. No, no one works there anymore yeah but it was just like awful work environment nobody really enjoyed it i mean there was a select few people like the manager's best friends like they were (laughs) loving life they had all the hours they wanted they had they could do whatever they wanted everybody else no issues were ever confronted nothing was ever there's really no good heart-to-heart like helpful conversations going on so she's mad other people are like upset and then i went to this other starbucks it's like this manager knew how to manage people he knew how to actually just get in there and and say, hey, you know what? This is what I expect of you. And this is what we didn't quite meet it. But it's all right. We can correct this problem. Yeah. You know, that's the secular world where a lot of us are. Yeah. This goes on in the church. This goes on in our daily lives. This goes on in our homes. It's the same thing. We can't ever get to this point where we feel like, oh, it's going to be a confrontation. I don't want to go there. Yeah. Love the person. Help the person. It's about loving the individual. And when you really love the individual, you'll tell the truth even if it's inconvenient to hear. Hurting someone's feelings temporarily is also a much easier situation to manage than solving bigger problems, much bigger problems down the road. Mm -hmm. And then lastly, the third point was love your neighbor as yourself. When you think about how you would want to receive something, would you, you know, maybe a good, a good question is like, Hey, should I, should I say something here? Should I speak truth and love? Well, if this was me on the receiving end, would I want to know that? Mm. And and if the answer is like, yes, I would like to know that because mm-hmm. it's a blind spot or something like that, then yeah, love your neighbor and, and get out there and do it. You also have the whole principle, and we've mentioned this before, of, of just in Scripture, don't cast your pearls before swine. There are some people who don't want to listen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think... This goes back to, to quit, yeah, like yeah, and mm-hmm. I mean, even know when to engage some right. people. If this person doesn't know Jesus Christ, you're probably not gonna like need to have as many of these kind of conversations. Mm-hmm. This is really kind of a brother to brother thing. And going right. back to the original passage we read, the whole context of this in 
Ephesians 4 is talking about like using your spiritual gifts in the church, equipping people, yeah. like mm-hmm. doing the work in the ministry. Like that's really where this is all all played out. It looks a little bit different when you're dealing with a lost person who has a veil over their eyes and they don't know. Yeah. Like it's much different. Jesus handled those conversations with lost people a lot differently than he did the conversations yes. with his disciples. Yes. Yeah. So ultimately, as I think we've all reiterated, We've all made this point, and I'll close with this. It's about loving people mm-hmm. and pointing them to Christ. Well, hopefully this has been a helpful conversation for you. Maybe we got you thinking about a few things. If you have any questions about this, please reach out to us. We love hearing your feedback. Um, you can reach out to us through the website, www.docsupstate.church where our podcasts are all posted you can always uh, comment there email us through there another easy way popular way that people like to engage is on our instagram channel doxa dialogue uh wait a minute did i just say that right the doxa dialogue Doxa, doxa underscore dialogue. There we That's go. what it is. That's what it is. Of all people, I should know this. Thank you, man. <laughs> yeah, doxa underscore dialogue. Yeah. Uh, we love hearing back from you. And please share this. Please give us a review. That really helps. That helps this get out to more and more people. Best way, though, is by word of mouth. We appreciate all those shares. And it's, it's fun to hear stories of new people finding the Doxa dialogue. We'll see you again next week. You are love.